This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly slice of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host, and this is episode 181. On the podcast this week, editor Laura Rowe visits Italian cookbook author and chef Gennaro Contaldo in his East London home for a lesson in pasta making, a guide to the Amalfi Coast, and she also discovers his secret skill for walking stick whittling. So, we have a very exciting guest on today's show, Gennaro Contaldo. Hi. Hello. Who, uh, Gennaro has authored more than a dozen cookery books, Italian cookery books, is that yes, right? Yes, well, I believe I'm about... I think it's 12. 12, okay, good. Um, You've worked across and owned some of London's top Italian restaurants. You regularly appear on our TV screens with your infectious enthusiasm, energy, and greedy need for good food. So welcome to the Olive Magazine podcast, Gennaro. Thank you very much. I'm (laughs) so excited and very pleasant to be on. Good, good. Now, I had a very good plan of where we're going to go today with our conversation, but I've arrived and there's two things that we need to talk about straight away. So one is you've got some amazing, are they called walking sticks or staffs? Companion walking stick. Companion walking stick. So I'm in uh, Gennaro's kitchen in East London and there must be 20, 20 walking sticks and they're all kind of whittled with amazing design. So talk to me about those, Gennaro. Uh, Those, the companion walking stick, they're also bringing my memory back. Uh, Antonio Carlucci used to do exactly the same. So in my hometown, in Amalfi Coast, in Minori, there used to be a lemon curry and most of the people used to had to collect the lemons on the terrace and they have to carry them on the back in oh, a big okay. basket, really, really heavy, about 14, 15 metres down or 100 metres down. There's sometimes those metres was three, 400 steps. Gosh. So they had to get 70 kilos then with the walking sticks. Ah, they have to okay. go. And that was just in a kind of a plain walking stick. But also it's called a companion walking stick as well because you walk through... Uh, how do you say, to uh, terraces where the old lemon growing, orange growing, figs growing, every fruit. So because the, 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 the sticks, they're made like a fork, so you lift it, the ah. stick, you twist it like apple, bang, you catch an apple. <laughs> also is to look around when you go out for mushrooms, you move it, you move a little bit of bushes, you know, grass, and then you discover nice mushrooms at the back. So I, instead, the other way around, I said, you know what, I love to do it, I love to carve it. So I'm self-taught how to carve a walking stick. There's sometimes people that look and they say, where they come from? From Australia, New Zealand, <laughs> you know, they never say Africa because it's more. <laughs> and I find a place to do it. Each one will take me about a week to carve. Uh, those I find them when I go inside the world, if there is any kind of something knocked down or branches as old. Uh, so I just remove it and uh, if it's straight enough I will bring them home and carve it 
And they're actually incredible. They've got all kinds of um, spiral designs, um, chips taking out of them, and they're all different patterns. It's, it's really quite amazing. And you showed me earlier on your hob as well about heating them up and straightening them. It's all yes, yes, amazing. On over to the gas. Yeah, yeah, very, very clever. And then the second thing we need to talk about is you're going to make me some pasta, which is, is even indeed. more exciting. It is indeed. So, you know, I love pasta. Uh, we just finished the road and, well, well, actually published already a book uh, about pasta, it's called Pasta Perfecto by Pavilion. And uh, it's to make a pasta sound so easy. <laughs> it's a life. You know, it's nothing, you just find a good flour, double zero flour, crack a couple eggs inside. Yeah. And it says, this is what I do. Okay. And uh, you see, what I do at the moment, I crack two eggs, then I, I can believe it's about 200 grams of flour. Those two eggs, and 200 grams of a flour, the right amount for you to mix it. So you've got a, um, I'm thinking best how to describe it, a mound of flour, haven't you, which you've made a little dip okay. in. Yes, a um, And then you've cracked the egg straight into that, and this is just straight onto the worktop. And I know Gennaro this morning sent his lovely wife out to get the perfect eggs as well. You were saying that they have to be nice and bright yolks. Yeah, it is indeed. And so you're now whisking the eggs inside the flour. Yeah, just whisk the eggs inside the flour. And as you go, you're kind of slowly incorporating the flour into it. Now, do you put salt in at this stage, or is no, that no, that's you don't a crime? Put no salt at all. Okay. No oil and no salt. Right. You just have the eggs. If you cannot have it, don't worry. You can use water. Most of the pasta is durum with the semolino or flour. With water. Okay. You and know. so that'd be perfect for vegans if they wanted yes, to make vegans. it. Yeah. So I like to make mine with eggs, but anyone can make it with water. As long as you have a good flour. About the water, <laughs> water I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have, you know, mineral water would be nice. Okay. Soft water, you see. Then you make a kind of a, a paste, a kind of a cream start. So it's doing mesmerizing this, to watch. Yeah. <laughs> doing this. You know, the, the egg won't spill it all over. No, it's very contained, actually. I thought it would be a lot messier than this. No. Yeah, well, they're going to be a little bit messy. And the eggs, the yolks are so bright there, aren't they? So it's a proper orange dough we're making now. Yes. A good eggs, those. Yeah. Amazing. So I'm going to talk to you. I was going to ask you, um, because the reason why we've got Gennaro on is because he's done a, a really great guide to the Amalfi Coast for our website, which I will direct you all in uh, in the direction of later. But uh, Gennaro, one of the areas I'm going to talk about is your hometown. Yes. Uh, in Italy. And that's definitely an area that's famous for its pasta. So talk to me about... Well, it- I, as I said, I was... I was born in a small village in the Amalfi Coast, yeah. which is called Minori. Yeah. I was born 30 metres above the sea, <laughs> where the sea was my swimming pool. My mountain was my back garden. The yeah. village is my playground where you learn everything. You know, everyone knew each other. Making pasta, I, everyone. Everybody will make exactly the same what actually I'm doing it. And, uh, yeah, we liked it, you know, and then I moved in England yeah. when I was about 19. Okay. Maybe less than that. I can't even remember anymore. <laughs> so at the moment, Gennaro, it came together in kind of a, um, scrappy scraps, I would say, <laughs> all scraggly, and you've kind of brought it together and now you're kneading it onto the worktop, yes, aren't you? you? Do, so it's do. quite tough at the moment, isn't it? 
Yeah, well, yes. Relatively. Relatively. You don't want them too, too hard. You don't want them too soft. And, uh, you know, with two eggs and with 200 grams of a flour, yeah. you can feed the four people. That's amazing. It's okay. a very affordable dish yes, to make yeah. as well then. Important, the eggs. Very, very important. Now, in terms of the pasta dishes you have in Minori, have you got any specialities that are particular to that region? Oh, there is a, so much. Yeah. A special <laughs> speciality. But in Minori, to make a simple pasta, it, it's so simple. You make, you know, you crush a couple of, um, what, three or four cherry tomatoes, a little bit of garlic, if you like chili, with a basil, you mm. know, you put them in a pan, you let it cook a little bit, make a pasta, which I will show you, <laughs> and just eat it. I mean, it sounds great. Very, very <laughs> important to use nice cheese on top. We use Parmigiano-Reggiano, which is unbelievable good. I think the world uses that cheese. Yeah. But also there is many other different cheese. Now, you see, this, this one, this is ready now. I was going to say, so what I just saw you do there was you kind of got all the crumbs and sticky bits off your fingers. You're just kind of rubbing your hands together now. Yes. So they're all going back onto the worktop and then you're kind of working them you're back into the dough. So you don't, like don't lose a, a scrap of it. No, everything's no, you used. Don't, you, everything's you see, uh, you don't want to lose it. So you get the knife. Let me just get my knife. And then you remove them again. Because, don't forget, be stacking on it. Yeah. I just put a little touch of water. I think that was too much if you drop it. Wrap this one in again. Uh-huh. Okay, so now all the bits are sticking to the dough. Uh, all the bits are stick to the dough, and then you start to work them again. Fantastic. So how long do you need need to knead pasta dough for? Well, all together, from start to finish, you need about... 10 to 15 minutes. So again, really not that long hands-on. No, no, no. Yeah, see that is done. Look. Fantastic. So now it's a really lovely, smooth dough. Yeah, it is smooth dough. Now, one of the um, uh, the specialities I read, which this might be completely wrong, so you can correct me, is it called nudinary? Is that right? Am I butchering the pronunciation? It's a type of gnocchi made with flour. Dundari. There we go. Completely butchered. Dundari. <laughs> no, it's all right. Dundari. Dundari. The silent like... N at the front. <laughs> no, the Dundari, if we go back to the Romans. Ah, uh, okay. You know, with the ricotta flour and cheese. Yeah. And... Uh, the, the gnocchi. Okay. But without potato. So a bit like, is it the same as nudie? I know nudie. Nudie, yes, yeah. nudie. No, nudie is also is made with the ricotta. Yeah. Also depends, there is many different ways yeah. to make a nudie. Yeah. You know, with potato, without. Initially they change, <laughs> they change things all the times, which they are fantastic. Yeah. And to, to do the seasons, I guess, as well, whatever's good at that time of whatever, year and, and very, where you live important. and whether you're by the sea or whether by the mountains. and Very, very important. Now, yes, you said you've got this amazing um, landscape in Minori that you've kind of grown up on, and that kind of dictates the ingredients you have there as well. So you've got the mountains where you have amazing cheeses and things because of all the dairy from there, is that yeah, right? Yeah, that, that is most of the cheese that we, where I come from, uh, we don't have no buffalo. Okay. We hold any cow, yeah. but also if we move inland, I just outside a little bit. There is a buffalo, okay, Mediterranean buffalo, because the the buffalo was coming from Africa. The Roman brought them in, 
And after two times a year, eating the same grass over the territory where I come from in the Mediterranean, they become Mediterranean buffalo. Okay. So it's exactly the same like on the water buffalo, roughly, but it's called different. The genes come from there, but yeah. it's involved. It's got different flavour because of the different Oh, grass. my God, yeah. yeah. It's the grass, the water. Yeah. They become a more what, uh, more calm, you know, less aggressive on everything. Yeah. The Roman, they used they're to... Chill. They're chill. They're chill. <laughs> they have to have a, uh, a bath every single day. They have to go out. Everyone, <laughs> they like to be called by name. But they're, they're quite intelligent. Yeah. And the meat is very, very good. So the Roman used to bring them along when they used to go uh, and doing a campaign and fight somewhere in a different country. You know, they used to pull the cart. Oh, wow. So, you know, and they used to use the milk. Uh, I'm not sure if they used to do mozzarella. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was very important because they used to go away for about three, four, five years. Yeah. So new car, new bone, calf. So... Uh, it's, it was in a cycle, so I think, but it's really, really good. Now, um, Denaro's been very good at multitasking here, but you've got this beast of a machine. Um, this is the biggest pasta machine I've ever seen. <laughs> I cheat at home. This, and is, this is a small one. It's a small one. Uh, it's a little bit bigger <laughs> than the ordinary one. <laughs> it's much bigger than a domestic one, I would say. And I, I cheat at home. I've got a um, attachment that I do in my KitchenAid, so I... That's cheating, I would say. But this no, is no, it's all right. Okay, you don't it's all good. cheat anything. Okay, good, okay. But if you don't have the machines, just get a rolling pin. Yeah. Roll it. Okay. And that, that is all right. I mean, so, this is no bonus for me. Yeah. My mother never had one of those. Oh, really? <laughs> so you know both ways then? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is amazing. So you're kind of putting it through. And now with a pasta machine, you start thick and you kind of keep getting thinner. Is that right? Yeah. Now, what actually I do now, this machine helped me. To need it. Right, okay. So I could compact everything, you know, keep yeah. the folding until I get the way I wanted, the lovely silkiness. Yeah, beautiful. So I cut them on the side because always to fit in properly in the machines. Yeah. And this one, which cover with a damp cloth. So that's just so the pasta yeah. doesn't dry out. So, yeah, you've got a nice, neat sort of rectangle there that yeah. you're going to work with now. So, and now you can work, you see? And with this one, just roll it right through. Beautiful. But uh, what I suggest, when you make a fresh pasta, so 100 grams of double zero flour, one egg, so you make nearly 180 grams of a pasta. Okay. You, actually, when you boil it, you can feed, because they're almost a double, you can feed the two people. Okay. It's ever so cheap. Yeah. But it's good because you made it. Yeah, and that's a good rule to remember. The kind of, it's just um, equal ratio, isn't it? So then yes. it's an easy recipe to remember. But you don't have to use egg. You can use water. Yeah, okay. So important. You have to kind of take. No, that's really good to know. Now, um, I'm going to ask you a bit more about Minori. How would you describe it? What if people were going to visit there? Because obviously this, you have listed lots of lovely places in Minori in the guide. What, what makes it special and how, how, what makes it different to other areas on the Amalfi Coast? Well, it's a special because it's my hometown. Yeah. That is one <laughs> That's thing. reason to visit. That, that, that is special. But every single town in the Amalfi Coast is a special. Yeah. Mine is the best. Mine is the best. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> you, only, you only say that 
when you have a kind of an age between 10 to 15, yeah. after 50, you get 16, 17 and more, you say, everywhere is nice. Yeah. <laughs> and the Amalfi Coast is very nice. But also other part of Italy is very nice as well. Amalfi Coast, because it's 18 kilometers, mountains, sea with a blue sea and the lemons. You can smell the lemons everywhere. And the people and the tradition still stayed the same. Also, you cannot build anything new. Yeah. Everything is there 200, 300 years old, whenever, you know. And the people in the Amalfi Coast, also other part of Italy, I'm talking about the, the, the area I was born. Yeah. But also I hear the people of the sector the same like me, talking about that area where they were born. And there was not much different. We are very proud Italians because it's about territory, it's about history, it's about smell, it's about the food, it's about the culture, it's about the peoples. <laughs> it's all come after the other. But don't forget other country as well. They go exactly the same. Everything you like it, you know, also I like it. But Italy's got good salespeople. You really do sell it so well. <laughs> so um, talk to me about the lemons as well, because... Oh, lemons. Yeah. Lemons are is the, the, the Amalfitan lemons, spulsato. Colore spulsato because it's kind of elongated lemons. Actually, I think... So Gennaro is walking away from the mic now to grab one and show you. I have a lemon wow. here. Because this time of the year, they're a little bit green. Yeah. So they're definitely different to kind of, I would say, normal lemons is probably the wrong term, but they're, they're huge, they're knobbly, they're the size of your palm there, aren't they? Oh, we Some look at... We're going to scratch and just about to smell it. Oh, wow. It's on the size is too much. Uh, this, is, um, this is green because everything, is, this lemon will be ready by February. And... Uh, and uh, in old days, they used to make a limoncello, but instead of limoncello, the one you're drinking today, that was green. So we used to call right. them a greenoncello. Greenoncello, okay. <laughs> you know, verdoncello in Italian, because there were so many lemons, so they had to remove some of the lemons to make the other one growing, and uh, to last through the summer as well. Right. The lemon would give you three crops a year, people say two. Um, people say one, but I see lemons growing all the way through the years. Yeah. <laughs> the lovely small flower. With the flower, they, they used to like bouquets of flower, and the, the, the bride used to carry them as when oh, they wow. get married yeah. because the smell, so they used to mix as well with the flower of the orange and the tangerines. That when they actually carry one bouquet, little tiny flower. <gasps> It was really, really, really nice. Yeah, I bet. Now, are we allowed to talk about, but you mentioned about your book. Are we allowed to talk about that? Yes, you can. Yeah, yes. It's new books. We are, are working every day on the new books and make new books. It takes quite a long. Yeah, lots of it's, uh, It takes about to us, it takes about so one and a half years to yeah. do it because you have to do research and sometimes you learn so many things which uh, which you, you say to yourself, how can I miss all this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the book is going to be everything about lemons, but not lemons, lemons, so many different dish you can do with the lemon is unbelievable. And the more you look into it and more you find out that the, the things you use in every day, you put the lemon inside and you never bought it too much to understand why. 
as I'm born in a small place in a Murphy Coast where lemons get up in the morning, first things, lemons are really red. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it, it's going to be about freshness because at the end of the day, lemon is fresh. I love that. Sorry, because I talk too much. I thought I would do the And it takes a long, long, long time to do it. Yeah. And so talk to me about some of the different uses for lemons. So like you said to me earlier, lemons we kind of associate with just kind of squeezing over maybe in a drink or maybe as a seasoning as well, I suppose, to freshen yes, dishes. Yes, seasoning, of course, important seasoning. Mm. You know, it's my daughter, Chloe. Uh, also, uh, uh, all the rest of the children, uh, then uh, I cannot eat a little bit of meat except for they eat meat because there is one eat meat, the other one don't eat meat, the other one eat fish, the other one don't eat fish, you know, there are quite a few. <laughs> and uh, I can eat without the lemons. Lemons will give you a lift. It's incredible. You even put a, the zest of lemons inside the soup. Yeah. You, you put them inside the milk, you put them inside the ricotta, you put them inside the fish, you bake them lemons inside you fill it up you make ice cream god they're endless i even saw this morning so you made coffee and you put a little uh, nip of the peel in the coffee it i've is. never seen that before that's no it, it, it is because you can't really test the lemons mm. zest but it's changed yeah the coffee and then you of course you test the coffee but on the back of your brains you get to that perfume mm. that zest they say something different than if you think it is <laughs> yeah. the lemons. Yeah. <laughs> it make more, we call them a soave. Okay. A more placid, uh, more okay. homely. Nice. Okay. Um, and one of the most interesting places in the guide for me that you spoke about, which was kind of a revelation on some of my trips when I've been to Italy, is um, an agroturismo. Uh, it was called Agroturismo Villa Maria. Now, they were a real they were just a revelation for me because I went to one in Sardinia for the first time this year and uh, you kind of go there you pay 26 euros or something like that you get kind of endless food thrown at you and seconds of that food and shots and it's all local food it's all grown on the site talk to me about one what an agroturismo is and then about this really special one that you mentioned well agroturismo everybody they're very proud to have an agroturismo because agro is all to do with everything you're growing you know you agroturismo usually wherever you open this kind of in, let's put them a word in, or locanda, or taverna, or a kind of place, then we will host you, we will, uh, you will stay with us for a few nights. So they have to grow everything. Yeah, so it's like vegetable. a farm state. As a farm yeah. state. So uh, also if you eat rabbit, they have to be their own rabbits, they have to be their own chicken, or uh, if they buy the sea, they have to be, the fish have to be caught in that particularly water, there is a yeah. boundary of water. So they preserve with everything as yeah. well. They cook everything, they make your own bed and everything, they clean, they wash, you name it. But with a, such a joy. Because yeah. to be in agroturismo is like you live in a family which you know the family for so many years. Yeah. And you eating well because everything they cook, they're their, they own, yeah. their own cuisine. Yeah, yeah. And when actually you work in agroturismo, 
You go there and you think, well, they're going to give me the menu. They won't give me the menu. <laughs> I said, well, today we cook pasta fagioli, you know. The beans is the one we cultivate ourselves. You know, the cheese is the one we, we do ourselves. You know, the lemons everywhere. Yeah. You help yourself. You just lift your hands but under the pergola. You collect. It's nice. And Villa Maria Minori, because Minori, I believe it's one of the villages in Amalfi Coast. It stayed more like a family. Okay. Everybody knows, everybody owes. And Villa Maria is about, is about the hill of Minori. So what's happened when you booked in Villa Maria, so the owner will pick you up in a village with a car. He goes up those hills. <laughs> and, and I always have argument with Vincenzo because he surprised me. But once you're there, you look all around and say, oh, my, my, you don't want to move. Yeah. And they make their own wine, it, you know, all the lettuce and everything. And Maria is the wife of Vincenzo, is the cook. Yeah. I know so many years. She always in that kitchen, the so tiny kitchen. But when she actually put her hands on the food, she goes out, she goes in, a, in what we call them a garden, a lot of men, she pick all the lettuce, she pick all the zucchini and everything goes, she lift her hands and get the lemons, <laughs> and then she starts to do with the mint, you know, whatever. And when they serve it on a, on, a, on a table, there is no kind of a decoration. There is no, no Michelin star food. It's home food, isn't it's it? It's home food. Yeah. And... Uh, and if she's too little bit tired or is a little bit tired and you spoke to her, you know, they sit with you on the table. <laughs> and uh, at the end, when you try to pay, pay hardly anything. Yeah. It's the value is so, so good. And they use every bit of the animal. I remember every single, nothing is gone wasting. I had um, sheep stomach when I went to. Oh, Saturday that's good. It was so good. So, so good. I, I, I wanted seconds. I wanted uh, thirds. <laughs> sheep's stomach. And that's good. In one of my programs on the BBC, uh, Two Great Italians, I was with Antonio Carluccio in, uh, Sard in uh, Calabria. Uh -huh. And uh, so the festivity there, the celebrations, when actually uh, people of farms, uh, out in the family, they got a bit of land, so they always have one or two pigs. But this, this time, roughly this time of the year, just after Christmas, they have to... Killed one, said the word is killed. Because you don't waste anything about pigs, nothing at all. Even the air on the pigs, perhaps yeah. you can do a brush. Yeah. So, and with the blood, the greatest celebration. I know I, know I sound a little bit barbaric, but, uh, well, no, this you know, is just the it's food. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, in England, you know, we use so much blood that we don't know. You know, it's got yeah. you know, black pudding. But it's better, surely, to, if we are killing the animals, okay, yes, to yes, use yes. the whole animal. And I made this fantastic pig blood and chocolate. Ooh. And by a few chance, there was to be about 30, 35 children there, which they went have a look at the farmer. They saw me doing this. and said, you know what? I said to, to the BBC, I'm going to do that. And the cocoa powder, milk and mm. sugar. And they all stand that surround me. And I made this fantastic, fantastic pig blood and chocolate pudding. They scoop everything else. They loved it, everything else. And they also, one of the girls said to me, I'm going to ask my, my grandma <laughs> to actually, you know, 
to do them again. I love these Italian children so demanding they want gourmet food from their grandma. <laughs> um, now that reminds Sorry, me... Sorry, I don't, I don't ever... <laughs> <laughs> no, Gennaro's being very um, savvy here. He's got a can opener to turn his pasta because it's now turning into kind of flat, noodly spaghetti. Hey, look at beautiful, that. beautiful. I'm so excited about this. And so quick as well. I can't believe we've done this... Um, in the time we've been here. Now, I was going to ask you um, about Christmas in the Gennaro household because <laughs> we're getting very close to Christmas now. What does Christmas food mean for you? It, well, Christmas for me is Christmas Eve. Yeah. Where the family and friends eat it together and uh, celebrate it. We celebrate uh, it's an uh, Christmas for the Italian, many other countries in the world, is a, a religious. Yeah. You know, as many other parts of the world, Christmas says, present, present, Father Christmas, what they're going to bring to us. Uh, which, the, what we do, we celebrate the Christmas Eve. Then we start to sit on the tables about five o'clock, and then we get up about 11 o'clock. When God, we had everything you can think of, but that was fish. Most is fish. Yeah. Everything's to do with fish. And uh, then you go into the church, midnight church. Sometimes people say, "What's time a midnight church start?" <laughs> and uh, midnight, and then you come out one, and perhaps you go back again with the food you have. And the Christmas day, you will make more difference. You know, perhaps you make a porchetta. Perhaps you make the turkey. Italy love turkey. Yeah. You know, capons, you know, the chicken, uh, rabbits, uh, uh, a ham, you name it. There is a walnuts, mandarin, a tangerines, you know, all different, homemade dessert, a cake, that's kind of a pie, everything is smacked on the tables, including the day before the leftover, and Excellent. then you enjoy it. Then in the afternoon, you come out, lovely promenade by the sea, if you live by the sea, or perhaps in the mountain, there's always a little village, friend to friend, they'll have a talk, having a coffee in a bar after you had about 100 coffee, home, <laughs> under different cake and stuff, panettone after be there. Okay. Panettone is the must. Yeah, you know? okay. Uh, I discovered a panettone when I was the age of 10, 11 years old. Because we didn't do it, our panettone. Yeah. The old panettone come from north. And now the world uses panettone, my God, and everyone is proud. I've got one right next to me. You've been teasing nice. me. Right? <laughs> and that was presented from Antonio, Antonio Carluccio, because uh, I was doing something a couple of weeks ago, and uh, and uh, they're, they're sending me uh, two or three panettone. Oh. And it's, it, it's nice to have the stuff from Antonio. Yeah, of course. And have you got any tips actually for panettone leftovers? Because that's a thing. <laughs> is, is there no such thing as panettone leftovers? <laughs> there is. Well, first, if there is panettone leftover, <laughs> come on, if you think everybody can make, especially in England, yeah. you know, make bread butter pudding yeah. with a panettone. Sounds dreamy. So easy to do it. <laughs> Recipe, nothing. You just uh, crush the four y- uh, yolk of eggs. Yeah. Put me the, the panettone inside a kind of a baking dish, put them on top, baking a bit of sugar on top, not too much. It's just for glazing a bit and done. Because panettone's got all candied fruit, all the raisin, they already it's got eggs inside, they got the butter, it's got the bread flour, you name it, everything. <laughs> and when you get to panettone, 
with this flame. Sorry, this is one we opened the other day. Oh. But I think it's already disappeared. <laughs> I'll let you taste that. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna come here again, Janari, you're feeding me well. Every time. <laughs> I am a cook. Do you know what my job is? <laughs> to make the people happy through the you're, food. Come well, on, you're dig your hands inside. Oh my goodness. Thank you so come much. Come mm. Smell. So good. Mm, 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 mm. Good Very delicious. Sorry for eating on the podcast. See, but it's so good. We have a guest here anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Being very well looked after. Um, right. Pasta. So we've made our noodles. Yeah. Do you leave them out to um, dry or anything like that, or are they good to go from the off? People, people do that to so dry them a little bit. You know, people that say, so. Gennaro, can I put a fresh pasta inside the freezer? And he said, look, fresh pasta mm-hmm. inside the freezer. But why you made the fresh pasta? <laughs> because it's fresh. And you want to eat fresh? I say, no, you don't. You can put them inside the freezer. They're not to become any more fresh pasta. They become a freeze pasta. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and the, the, the trouble is you can't really cook them properly because right. you have to you have to do a nest like the one we done it right and then straight from the freezer gonna go in boiling water so Plenty still frozen butter, still frozen right. and the times goes inside the, the boiling water the water gets cold yes and so the pasta when the pasta gets cold uh, it's not re- uh, the water get cold it's, it's don't cook properly. Yeah. So, or you can dry them a little bit. Yeah. But don't dry them for too long. You, you have to put all strips, all lovely spread, even round. I think the thing I always worry about, and so I'm sure some of our listeners do as well, is the pasta sticking together. But that's absolutely not the case here. It's no. all yeah. So, is but that does it does. You're right. The pasta sticks together. But if you spread them up properly, yeah, it will stick. But let me give you tips. Yeah. To not to get the pasta sticks together. So you get some rice flour. Okay. Spring them on top, move them a little bit. Yeah. And the rice flour will dry. You Great. can't get stick. So then before you put them in boiling water, you know, you shake it all off like this. And you put them inside the boiling water and you have the perfect pasta. Beautiful. But make fresh pasta is easy, but dry the pasta is very difficult. Right, okay. It won't dry yeah. anywhere, especially in England, except, <laughs> except there is a ventilated place where the temperature is between 30 to 35. And then you have to dry slowly for about then half, two days. I think stick to fresh would be the so, tip. Well, but this is, this is what doesn't, <laughs> yeah. mean, doesn't mean that then, uh, the fresh pasta, it doesn't mean that... Uh, uh, dry pasta is not good. Dry pasta no. is very, very good. I'm going to put some water. Yeah. Because I forgot how it to go now. <laughs> I've been distracting you. It's okay. So Janelle is just filling up a pan of water now. So this is going to be our boiling. Now, I've heard various things about the salting of the water, as in it should be as salty as the ocean. Is that a, Rubbish. a myth? <laughs> Rubbish. Who <laughs> I, I keep saying to everybody, you know, we cooked with salt water. I mean, just, just put a gas on. We cook with salt water. It's actually good, especially doing the, the fish 
dish with pasta, but the sea water is too salty. Too salty, so not so, as salty as the ocean. So when you do it, you use quarter. Right. Let's pretend you use one liter of water. Yeah. Use about quarter, maybe a little less of seawater. Nice seawater. Where, <laughs> yeah. where, where, where is the sea is blue, everything yeah. is clear, there is no pollution. Let's not do and it. Then, uh, and then you put the rest, the 700 grams, you know, the rest of water or fresh water. Switch it on, you let it go. So if we're doing it in a home kitchen, how much salt should we put in a pan of water? Easy. Good each hundred grams of a pasta yeah. require one liter of water. Okay. Because pasta like dancing inside. Okay. <laughs> then you put five to seven grams of a salt inside. Okay. You can put ten, but yeah. five to seven grams is the right amount. Inside. Okay. Doesn't mean that you will eat it or you will uh, take it seven, five to seven grams salt. The pasta is solid we brush just a little bit. Kissed by salt. A kiss by salt. Yeah. As salt. But also that pasta water, you need to 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 help it for any kind of a sauce you do. Yeah. So one liter of water, 100 gram of a pasta, a five to seven gram of a salt. Okay. Okay. Because I forget you have a sauce inside, salt inside your sauce. Yes. Too much salt is not good. Not enough salt. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. It's good. Food without salt doesn't taste properly. But if you can't take salt, that's okay. There is many different ways to do it. You know, a little touch of vinegar give it that sensation of salt. Okay. And when you cook tomato, tomato, the acidity as well, it gives that kind of... But do you know what most of the, 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 the salt you can get without using any salt? little squeeze of a lemon. Oh, there we go. Get Gennaro's book and he'll tell you all about it. Stick around to hear more Italian magic from Gennaro and Laura. Okay, so we are in front of the pan now, Gennaro. Bubbling away. Yes, it is indeed. We need to put the salt in. Salt in, okay. Rock salt or sea salt? Yeah, tell me. (laughs) Okay, but... Sea salt? Yeah. Rock salt? Actually, rock salt is a sea salt. Yeah. <laughs> People that believe it's rock, it's, once it's to be the sea, they become a rock, rock salt. Okay. A sea salt. I like to, I don't know, it's to do it with the sea because I was born. I like to use the, the, the sea salt. Okay. And the salt, you have to use it. Actually, you, the salt, you have to feel them inside your hands. You can see, look. You really have to feel the salt. Do not to buy salt, which is like a sand. Okay. Powder. First, because you can't regulate and God knows what is inside. Okay, sometimes they put caking, anti-caking agents. Yes, something well, like that. Yes, see, I put inside here five to seven grams of okay, salt. Okay, so that's kind of, I would say, two big pinches. Yeah, two big yeah. pinches. Lovely. Just put a little bit extra. And it'll be extra, yeah. But if you put a tan, it doesn't matter. The water is boiling, huh? Perfect. So we leave it boiling because it's going so quick. But let me show you first how to make the quick sauce. Oh, amazing. So you got lovely cherry tomato here. You got nice basil. I'm going to get garlic. And with the help of under and choppy bowl, which I can never find one. (laughs) So what do you do with 
Shall we move this one yeah. up? Yeah. Crush the garlic. Nice. So if you have these preparations ready, it takes you a couple of minutes to cook everything. But I love these kind of sauces anyway, that you can, while the pasta water's boiling and while the pasta's on, you can be making the yes, sauce and it's it as is, quick as that. Is. As I have a look, watch which one I'm going to use. I'm going to use a little pan here. <laughs> this, this one here. I'm going to get the knife from here. See, this knife, it says in Italian, please do not touch this knife because it belongs to Gennaro. <laughs> because wherever I go, I lose a knife. <laughs> but not because they're taking it. They're... That everybody's got a knife, and that by mistake, they put them inside a the bag. So when they look, <laughs> Gennaro knife. Yeah. Actually, they send the knife back, which oh, I have. <laughs> so um, about uh, small garlic, and you can see that was very large, a cut my half, and they're quite big. Yeah. So in the same time, usually it will be the chili, which I have here, some nice chili. Now, Gennaro in his kitchen, um, we need to probably talk at some stage, Gennaro, about your amazing outdoor kitchen. You've got lots of things hanging and drying, so you've got chilies dried with a bay leaf there. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the bay leaves outside. The chili that was growing, so I picked him up, and it looks nice. Very cute. So you, you strung them together. Up, you know, and you just hang them up in your kitchen, and they yeah, dry naturally. They dry naturally, yeah. Just cut a little bit, because this is quite quite strong. Do you like chili, by the way? I love Fantastic. it. Fantastic. <laughs> you see, this is quite strong. Then, yeah, let's put this one on. Find the olive oil, which is very, very good. And use it. Now, a couple of tablespoons of olive oil inside, that's it. Excellent. And are there rules for olive oil cooking as well? I know there's often people say you should use one and you shouldn't use another, or no, you're shaking. <laughs> no. Let your heart go with it. Good, this is what I like to hear. Yeah, but you don't want to burn oil. No. Extra virgin is more oil. You have to use a raw. So it's just about respecting the ingredients Respect. you have. Remember, to make one bottle of olive oil, you need about uh, 30 kilograms of olives. Yeah. All right. You have to collect off the tree. You have to crush it. You have to rest it. You have to put in bottles. And that you have to wait a couple of months or a month. Okay, you straight away. It depends. So respect, respect the olive oil. Yeah. Each olive is a little tear. So can you imagine <laughs> this one? It's a little tear. So delicious, actually, delicious tears. So when actually, you you know, you spill some olive oil or by mistake, ah, too much, never way, I chuck them away. Can you imagine how many olives have to cry? <laughs> Let's put this one this way. So, so it's then, as soon as it gets a little bit hot, yep. you get some nice basil. Basil is so easy available today. Yeah. You know, in my days, you know, there was hardly any basil, but people didn't grow. I don't know why. Wild rocket, look at the smell, that smell. Oh my goodness, there is quite nothing like fresh basil. It's such a unique flavor, it's so distinctive, the flavor. It is. But I believe a basil is not Italian. Oh, Like okay. the tomato is not Italian, everything has been imported. <laughs> Uh, so we adapted, so like the buffalo, we adapted the buffalo. Okay, I put all this one. Excellent. 
Now, a minute, I need to get a few tomatoes first. So, we're obviously here talking today because you've got your amazing guide, because you're a brand ambassador with Chitalia, yes, the Italian travel specialist. So, we've got lots of great places on the guide for you to visit when you do go on your Italian holiday. But you've been in London now for a little while. Yes, um, a little while, you can say that. <laughs> what do you think of the Italian food revolution that's kind of happened over here? Because even I've, I've been... Um, obviously closely following it on Olive, and we've noticed that there's so many more pasta bars, regional Italian restaurants that have been opening up lately. Does that make you happy that you kind of have... Don't you think it's marvellous? <laughs> yeah. It is so beautiful. Uh, the world loves Italian food, also other different countries as well. The reason, one of the reasons is to do uh, with... Uh, you you eat what actually you can see. Yeah. And the simplicity of the Italian food is two, three ingredients, put yeah. them together at the right times, and they give us some fantastic flavor. And that's why you need good ingredients, right? That, because that it's is, so simple. Yeah, they're so, they're so simple. But also other cuisine in the world is so really, really good. Mm. Now, I'm, I'm intrigued. Do you eat out a lot, and do you eat Italian, or do you always cook at home? Because if you do eat Italian out, I want to know where you're going, to be honest, because uh, <laughs> I want the best I do. I have mm. quite a few friends which are unbelievable cooks. Yeah. And I have Giorgio Rogatello, Francesco Mazzeo, but also Mario Giorgetto, which is Cinquecento, which is uh, incredible. They, they, they do everything. Most of the Italian restaurants now, they're really professional chefs. Yeah. In, in my days, you know, they improvise as a chef. Yeah. They open a restaurant and uh, that particular way of cooking it was a bit strange for me, unknown for me, because there was experiment and everything. Right. And I was to say to myself, why do you have to exper experiment when you already had a meal? You already yeah. knew, but they want to do something different. You know, let's present somebody called Giuseppe, you know, somebody like Afonso, Mario, Franco, you know. They would have made a chicken. Probably they would have called chicken alla Giuseppe. <laughs> You say, what is it? <laughs> you know, but you know, and uh, I remember one lady she used to say to me, sorry, I have to drink a little water. Here are some of the friends that they opened up a cafe, a restaurant, and uh, they had to make a soup. I didn't know how to make a soup. I just tried. <laughs> uh, yes, it's, it's been uh, a quite a big boost for the Italian cuisines. That's all right, we've been busy chatting. Yeah. So, so this is what you're saying, prep before, but super easy. So we've got our chopped garlic, sliced garlic, chopped dried chilli, we've got whole basil leaves, and then we've got chopped cherry tomatoes here. Uh, let me show you first how to do that, and then we okay. go back straight. So garlic and chilli, yeah. olive oil. Oh, it smells so good already. Really? Yeah. Good. Chop the tomato. Oh, so the fragrance from the uh, garlic and chili is so strong straight away. Tomato straight in. It's hardly anything. Now you move away from the gas. Yeah. Oh wow! So Gennaro is putting in a spoonful of the salty pasta water here. Okay. Then you cover with whatever you find it. So yeah, lid on, lid high on. heat. Okay, this one and I started to cook, it's ready. Let's remove everything else from here. Tidy chef, I like it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you know they complaint inside. <laughs> so let's move this one from here because this is ready. It, 
you can use all kinds of different things of tomato, along with a very, very good things of tomato. Now with this one, we use some parmesan. Oh my God, there's plenty of here. Wow. <laughs> so not a normal block. Gennaro's got kind of a, a massive, huge wedge of parmesan, which I like. Parmigiana Reggiano. Parmigiana Reggiano. So how old would this be? This is four years old. Four years old. A special sender for me. <laughs> I'm getting spoiled today, I think. Do you want this? Yes, please. Wow. Thank you very much. Oh, smells incredible. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. So, well, this is almost ready, look. It just needed the tomato to soft it up yeah. a little bit because you want to capture the flavor of the tomato. Let's move this one here. It's amazing how quickly that comes together as a sauce because you think often tomato sauces, you think ragouts and long and slow cooking, but that's super speedy, that's minutes. Yeah, it's super, super speedy. Yeah. Let me get a couple of plates. Now I'm going to talk to you, Gennaro, as well about your, you've got kind of a secondary kitchen outside too, which was just wonderful. So you've built this from scratch while you've been in the house. Yes, it is indeed. So that is, uh, that is made of, it's like a Tuscan kitchen. I made all recycled bricks with a turn burner, actually one, two, three, four, five burnt and a wood fire oven. So it's mean, so Gerard's got all sorts of pickles and preserves out there. Well, more, yes. Pots and pans. Um, yeah, got, so you've got your wood fired oven so you can make everything from pizzas to roasts to... Yes. You're saying you can cook most things in the wood fired oven. Most of the things in wood fired... 85% I can cook in wood fired oven. Which is great. Lovely to make a cake. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Wow. A kind of a, you know, sponge cake, a tart, everything. Wow. And when the temperature, you remove all the... The, the charcoal and everything from yeah. the side, and then the temperature slows down, mm. and you bang straight inside, whatever, and you start to cook because it's very hot to keep the door open. Slowly, slowly, the temperature goes down about 30 minutes. Wow. This is what actually takes to cook a cake. And then, when you take him out, tasty, completely different. Wow. It's completely different world. Yeah, this is done. Fantastic. So, so get the pasta now. Pasta in. I know I'll keep you very busy. <laughs> the pasta we done it. Like. Amazing. So got a big handful of the pasta ribbons there. Straight inside. Could have put a little extra water. So how long does pasta, fresh pasta take to cook? Well, if you count up to 16, the pasta is ready. But a minute, minute and a half. So again, super, super quick. So it's actually, I think everybody think it's, it's a faff to make, but we've done that in about 30 odd minutes and we were talking lots. We could have, yeah. we could have, you know, done that. I know, but we can do it, yeah. It's amazing. You, you can, you can mix the pasta, you know, you, you cut it, water is on, the sauce is ready. You can see that is nice sauce, it's red. Look, become a little Now at this stage, I always like to put a little raw olive oil on top. Great. Now you have to wait just a few seconds that this pasta start to boil again. Which, yeah, you're right, which, the pants is, uh, pasta's dancing in the, in the yeah. pot. What, well, yeah, you can see that. This is ready, actually. Beautiful. Wish we could do smell a, smell a vision, smell a podcast here. Yeah. Smells so good. Did you like al dente? Do you know what yeah. al dente means? 
T- please tell me. I want the official. Because <laughs> people are people are dentists to the tooth now. Oh, okay. So you know, is al dente is just a little bit undercooked. Yeah. Because when you eat, you chew it longer. While you chew it longer, you taste it better. Ah, I and like then you digest it. it better as well. Excellent. And it's not because you need something. Uh, no see, tooth involved. No tooth involved. <laughs> okay, that is ready. You can see that is moving this one. And so they kind of float to the top as well. It's a really good sign that they're ready. They plump. Yeah, they come up on top. They see. Wow. So exciting. Oh my god. Be sure it would be so nice. So you really could you can make this in a lunch hour if you were lucky enough to uh nip home. Yeah. Wow, so you're literally tonging the pasta straight out of the water, chucking that in the pan. I don't know if you can hear the sizzle. Absolutely delicious. Don't waste anything. No. Every little bits and pieces. Well, if you can't really get it, <laughs> leave it. Beautiful. So you're not worrying about the water going back into the pan there when you're tonging uh, no, it in? No, yeah. not really. Because it... Let the pasta now brown, the lovely flavour. You see, also very important, the tomato. Uh, the tomato in the summer, they are the best. Yeah. This time of the year, which you just call the autumns, you know, uh, from other little bits, they look red, but they are unripe. Yeah. So you just added a little bit more pasta water yeah, there as well, Gennaro. Because I want it to really be nice, to be really grab the pasta, grab the flavor of tomato. Wonderful. Quick toss in the pan. Yes, it is indeed. And a last, not the least. Let me just put another couple of leaves of a basil. What? And what? Beautiful. Just lovely fresh basil on top. Be nice. Scoop it and pour. Now there is always somebody tell you. To be or not to be, to put the cheese on, to put the cheese <laughs> on top of the tomato basil sauce. I love it. I was going to say, I, always to be cheesy. Always. See, you wanted to wait till this, this, this tomato get creamy. Can oh, beautiful. See? Yeah, it's amazing that that's just water and tomatoes. So straight from the pan onto the bowls. Wow. I'm drooling, so apologies if uh, you can hear that on the podcast, but it looks so good. Really, really good. This is good. Perfect portion sizes as well. I like this. Don't forget that was uh, 200 grams of flour, which... We didn't use them all. Look, oh, yeah, still so underneath. Still, it's still underneath there. Now, grab it. If you if you do make extra like that, and so you've made your portions, you still got a bit fresh. I know you said about potentially not freezing it, but can you keep the dough in the fridge for a while, like oh, for I, tomorrow? Or would that be okay? Or? You you can. Yeah. You can. You can keep them uh, inside. Uh, Use them in the fridge because in the fridge it will last 
two, three, four days. Right. So again, you can make a big batch at the start of the week and then make it fresh every day. (gasps) My goodness. My goodness. Okay. Um, Right. Oh my goodness. So I am now eating Janara's amazing pasta for breakfast, which Janara, you've said is perfectly okay. I'm allowed to do that. It is not breakfast. It's nearly 11 o'clock. Okay. We'll take it. Don't forget in Italy it's 12 o'clock. So it's lunchtime. Okay. I'll take that. I'll get some gin as well, please. Um, So if I'm going, last question, Gennaro, if we're going to Italy, we're going to the Amalfi Coast, um, where's the best place for pasta? Because that has to be the first stop, right? There's just so many best places eating pasta, but some particularly, you know, restaurant at Donna Rosa above Positano, the chef is Erica, makes amazing fresh pasta. Oh, Ricciardiniello, good friend of mine, Tonino, we've grown up together with a mama, make that lovely rich of pasta. Oh, Villa Maria, which is good. Torre Normale is everywhere with pasta in Amalfi Coast. It is in a paradise. It is a must, you know. You have to eat. You have to be there. It's like you eat this pasta. Once you're there, you will send back your mind, Gennaro was all right. <laughs> bless him. <laughs> I will. I'll bless you. So thank you so much, Gennaro. Um, and if you lovely listeners would like to learn more about the foodie highlights of the Amalfi Coast, Gennaro is brand ambassador for the Italian travel specialist, Citalia. So you can visit Citalia.com or you can read his exclusive guide for us, of course, at olivemagazine.com. Thank you so much, Gennaro. Such a pleasure to have you. And please don't forget... You have to finish your pasta, yeah? I will. I'll be back tomorrow as well, yeah? For pasta. Well, with a great pleasure. Why not? <laughs> now you know how to do anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't need you. All right. Thank you so much, Gennaro. Grazie a voi. Arrivederci. Thank you. So that was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you like this episode, please review and rate us. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. You can still pick up a copy of our bumper Christmas issue on the new sign now or go and download the app version. And look out for next week when we'll be releasing a mini-series for podcasts covering all of your Christmas needs.